I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to us, but also welcome back us. We've been out of Los Angeles this weekend. Yeah, welcome back, Brittany. Welcome back, Laura. How was Palm Springs? Palmy. It was kind of cold. I've never sat at a pool before where it's 57 degrees. 57 degrees in Palm Springs? Yes. I didn't know it ever got that cold there. Yes, it was 57 degrees at like 2 p.m. It was cold. For those of you who don't live in Southern California, Palm Springs is known as the vacation destination for Los Angeles people. So Los Angeles people who are like, brr, LA's frigid, go there to be warm. So, and it's, it's, the desert. It's inland, so it's very strange. It was cold for it to hit that. But yesterday, the wedding that I went to it was a little toastier, but I still needed to be near heaters and bonfires. How was your weekend? Uh, it was great. I went north, where you went east, and I went up to Sonoma County and um, saw my family and saw our friends who have a vineyard up there. It was uh, had some wine, made some pizza in a you know like a stone oven Mm. that they have yeah it was was that stone oven constructed by your brother no but my brother is a stonemason and he built an archway uh which was in the front of their tree house all of this is very like who has a tree house that needs an archway like it all sounds made up but this was what the situation was and it was very beautiful also kind of cold but i was mentally prepared for that you weren't in a swimsuit at a pool? No, there was a pool, but I, I did not partake. And um, it was really beautiful the last day. And my little two-year-old niece did a lot of frolicking. And She has a lot of hair for two. Go, Claire. She kind of has a femme mullet. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's fully just grown long in the back. Like, it hasn't really found its way to the sides, the growth. It will. Oh, yeah, for sure. But not yet. I kind of like the look she rocks, but yeah. Oh, I have something to open here. It's not belated by any fault of the of the giver. It's just belated in the sense that my birthday was almost a month ago now, and I um, only just got my hands on the package. So I'm going to open a very sweet, generous gift from Riz, one of our favorite listeners and friends on the social media. I'll just let the audio of this really play. Ooh, it's an envelope within an envelope. I'm familiar with that situation. Right. Got some bubble wrap in here. Maybe something delicate. Ooh, it's a gift-wrapped parcel inside an envelope, inside an envelope. A real... Uh, it's a real rushing, Russian nesting doll. That's what doll. I was going to say. But I didn't know that name, so I'm glad you, you went for it. So sweet. Hold on. Okay. Going into this bag. All right. Hell yeah, now we've got matching amethyst bowls. This is incredible. Oh my god, you guys. This is so beautiful. Yeah, that's the most beautiful bowl I've ever seen. Riz, this is, okay you guys, this is, it is a beautiful bluish purpley bowl. Um, This is one of the most beautiful items I've ever held. Um, Let alone smoked out of. Yeah, well I haven't yet. that, That milestone is yet to be achieved two incredibly gorgeous 
gemstones or stones. Those are some smooth ass wow. stones. Can I can, can have, I touch? For sure. Can oh yeah, that's smooth as Whoever well. was like beach combing, like the person who found these, I'm not I, yeah, I'm not saying that these were found on the beach, but whoever found these wherever they were found. Eureka, look at how this one has a perfect thumb indentation. Go ahead. That's a real stress relief stone right there. Oh yeah. Okay, there's press one. my thumb to that all day long. Well, we can we can share it. Um, there's one more thing. It feels like it's a frame, and I'm very excited to see what this is going to be. Oh, nasty woman. That's right. That's me, boo. It's beautiful. Wow. Riz, you're very special. Love you. Thank you so much. Sorry it took me a minute. But I have them, and thank you. And I'm going to use this bowl very soon, because we're in California, where such things are legal. And, and that's just when I tried it for the first time, is when it became legal. Yeah, yesterday. So I'm very excited to talk about this episode. I do have a lot of personal anecdotal information to share. Uh, and I'm excited to hear that information. I'm just going to start rubbing this now. The stone. This is my style. Four, episode nine. nine. I just realized you say the titles a lot, and I just wanted to try my hand. <gasps> Mart of Darkness. Which is a play I on do. Heart of Darkness. Ever heard of it? What's gotten into you? That stone has changed you. It really has. I'm just looking at how beautiful this is. Press your finger into that stone and you become obnoxious. I'm not obnoxious. I'm I'm animated. <laughs> hey, quick poll. Am I obnoxious or animated? Tell us in the comments. Well, since I'm the only one present, I'm going to say obnoxious. Well, I'm going to disagree with you and say animated. I'm also going to add some write-in votes of delightful, charismatic, sparkling, and overall gem. Again, this is only proving my case. Well, the good thing for me is that I'm editing this episode. <laughs> That is good for you. You could really throw in an edit where I'm a total asshole. Or what if what if one time I edited an episode and only I talked in the whole thing? I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. Brittany's out sick today. Can I tell you something that I know he's never going to listen to this so I can tell this story? Which is that um, someone that I have made videos with in the past very frequently... Um, he would always edit the videos that we did together. And one time he sent, and you know, our videos were very much like equal. Like we wrote them equally. We were both in them equally. A lot of them were conversations and he edited this and he sent me a cut of it and it was only his cutaways. <laughs> like it was like, there'd be two shots of did both of us talking. Did he not even realize he'd done it? He didn't even realize he did it. 
You know what I'm thinking? That you're going to do that? No, that just seems like very dude-like. You know? Yeah, so like, men... Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, so men, just um, if you're going to edit your female co-stars if work... you're going to literally and figuratively silence them. Yeah, just don't do it. It was one of those feelings where I'm like, am I crazy? Am I being vain because I want to see my face in this? Well, you mean you just want to have the like performance that you did be in it like Correct. you were in it yeah 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 it's not like i need to see my face do you know like you could you, there was the audio but not video it was like all on him the entire time it was really it was a wild experience also i want to say this is our last episode on bumpers for those of you who primarily listen to us on bumpers bumpers is no more it's not as of tomorrow it will be no more. Uh, we appreciate Bumpers. It's what allowed us to start a podcast with ease. And in a way, I understand the name Bumpers, but now we're ready to bowl without Bumpers. Exactly. Candlepin or otherwise. Did you ever do candlepin bowling? I have no idea what that is. It's the tiny balls. No, that sounds delightful. Oh, it's great. I wonder, it's big in Maine. I feel like it might be a New England thing. <laughs> But it's these really tiny, manageable balls. <laughs> I hear myself. And yeah, they're great. You know what? We're going to let the airplanes fly. That's this what must that be background a busy noise is. hour for planes. Or there's a murderer on the loose. Perhaps the same one that passed by my window before. So what is there to say about this episode? I mean, it's like... There's so much to say about this episode. Do you mean what is there to say about Costco? Well, about just like the intertwined storylines where we all end up in the same place. It's like and crash. Yet, and yet most of them don't ever find each other. That was what I found most interesting. When it when it started to become clear that all of the characters were going to converge upon the same Costco Sam's Club style store, it felt like, oh, okay, inevitably we're going to see the interaction between the characters. But only, I think, Brittany and Kevin and Mr. DiMartino actually interact. Yeah, pretty much. All the other kind of pods of characters that we know show up. So there's Trent, Tom, and Jesse. There's Jane and Daria together. There's the Fashion Club together. There's Martino, and there's Kevin and Brittany. And none of them cross paths. And part of which is a commentary on the nature of the store. Because it's so huge and daunting. It's so big, you can't find anyone there. Which is the opposite of Trader Joe's. Have you ever noticed that? Like, yeah. If there is one person that you know at all at Trader Joe's, you will not only see them, you'll be forced to have an interaction with them. Totally. I mean, right after you cord pulled your ex-girlfriend, that's when I ran into her. Right near the bananas. And she was the nicest she's ever been to. <laughs> I think that's the nicest she's ever been in general. Yeah, that yeah, the Trader Joe's run-ins are completely unavoidable, but opposite at Costco, apparently, according to the thesis of this episode. Um, so let's take it from the top. Yeah, let's just jump in. So Jane is working on an art project that is due very, very soon, and Tom is just kind of like hanging out around the house. He's getting very comfortable there, and then he accidentally eats Jane's art supplies, which... How would he have known that gummy bears are her art supplies? But it ignites this argument with them. And then Jane decides that she has to go to this new store named Payday and go get a pound of gummy bears. You said you said that Tom was getting comfortable there like you were judging it slightly. 
No, I think it was more to show like the progression of their relationship that he spends a lot of time there. Yeah, and and it was clear like it was a genuine mistake, and it also totally didn't, it didn't make it super obvious that it turned into a huge fight. We find that out later. Like you can tell that she's not pleased, but it turns out that their fight like kept Trent up. It was so loud. But also we've seen that they have been fighting a lot lately. They kind of talk to each other in like this passive aggressive way. I mean, truly the honeymoon stage is gone away. They may not be very compatible with the way that they communicate to one another. Or... And the way that they even the way that they even approach conflict, I feel like, is incredibly different. Or the writers are trying to set something up so that we don't think of them as unlikable. That's all I'll say about that. So you believe that Tom and Jane are just puppets? I believe that their incompatibility is convenient in this moment. However, as preamble to what I can't say. But I also think that if it is a couple months in, that is generally when you find out that you're probably incompatible with someone or compatible with someone. I would say that the main... In my experience, the main test of compatibility is the seven to nine month after dating. Ooh, I say three months. Uh, okay. I guess it depends on what, what you're working with. Like if it's someone who's more casual, I would say it was three months. If it's someone who you feel like, oh, this might have legs. This feels like a little bit more potentially long term. The seven to nine month feels like the, the place where that's really tested. Whereas with some, with something more casual, the three months is like, all right, we doing this or we not? You know, I can see both working, but in my experience, it's hard to get to that first year. Like when that, when certain things have faded, certain things that were novel or exciting, you're like fully over that and fully getting to know someone for who they are. Okay. I do see your point. I think that like there's levels of, it's like there's compatibility tests almost where I think like three month marker is like, okay, are we dating? Are we choosing to not see anyone else? And then I, yeah, I think you're right. Like the seven to nine month is like, okay, we just had our first fight. Are we choosing to like figure out a way to work this out together or what? I feel like once you have like your first pretty big fight, it's like, you still want to be with me? We still, we still going to figure this out? And I think that's a good test of like how you even approach conflict. Listen, been going to therapy a lot recently do you find a therapist or you mean in, I'm, I'm life? in life i mean been going like pretty consistently for the last like three years which i suppose isn't a lot but it's a lot to me and a lot of it is like when it comes to relationships it's all about conflict resolution and like how can you both build the life that you want and how can you approach things from the place that you want to fix it and how do you each get what you want out of it you know what i mean compromise Oh, I do. I've heard of that. I'm also, I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> so, not bragging, just going to take this out. <laughs> oh, you get to choose what leaves. So, one of my favorite parts is when Quinn is on was the phone. talking to you on the phone? When Quinn was talking to Brittany Ashley on the phone in this scene? Did anyone else notice that? Also, we watched this episode together, and I chuckled once during the scene we're about to talk about, and Brittany was immediately like, what? And looked over at me and no, completely I didn't. knew what I was I thinking. I giggled. You giggled, but then you said, that's so mean. And I didn't even say anything. You just knew. Because what happens is Quinn is talking on the phone to her favorite fashion club member, Stacy, 
and they're wrapping up the conversation and it's clear that Stacy's having a moment of insecurity and Quinn says, it's not you, Stacy. It's not you. It's not you, Stacy. Okay, it is you. Like she, she, I think, asked Quinn so many times, are you mad at me? That Quinn was finally like, My, maybe I am. Maybe I am a little bit right now. I'm not going to say that I empathize with Stacy, but I empathize with Stacy. I think that when you come from a place of wanting to help another person and only add value to someone's life, you would like to know if that person is mad at you so you know how to fix it. And when you think that that person's mad at you, but they're just not admitting it, sometimes you got to ask a few times. Sometimes you got to not trust that uh, what they tell you is true and uh, keep asking them as if you don't believe them. Well, I guess we can't compromise on this. We see a moment where Daria is watching Sick or Sadder. Oh, I mean. <laughs> Oopsie. I wish. <laughs> where Daria is watching Sick Sad World. And I don't know that I've ever seen her seen her without her boots on. Well, they really showed the fact that she was wearing socks. Jacked like they, up socks. They like really tried to nail it that she was just wearing socks. It's all I could think about, really. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't, I mean, this might be weird, but it was kind of a turnoff. Like, you know how you've commented on like Daria's gams? Like when there's like a leg shot and you're like, Daria, I hadn't thought about you that way. Like, if this felt like the inverse of that. And I have nothing against socks. I actually love socks. But there was something about hers that looked real ragged. Well, I would have thought that she would wear black socks. They were like tennis socks. They were like full-blown athletic socks that she wears under her combat boots. And also across the board, there were way more wardrobe changes in this episode than normal. We saw Yeah, their character designers had a field day. Oh, yeah. Quinn was in a really interesting camo kind of like tight pant crop top pastel eastery yeah situation and so she needs daria's shoelace for something i think it's for like a handbag that she was crafting so she steals one of the shoelaces from daria's boot which is incredibly rude and then jane and daria they talk on the phone and uh jane inspires daria to go to the uh new warehouse supply store with her called payday which was also a very fun board game. And it's also a candy bar. And I was actually surprised to see this store in this show because I did not know these types of, sh- of stores existed yet at the time this came out because I only became aware of them. I only became aware of them like toward the end of college and then only entered one in my like mid-20s. That's so interesting. Hang on, I can show you something. I promise it'll be worth it. Sam's Club. <gasps> Oh my god! Uh, I didn't remember it until this moment. Well, I think about wait. it a lot, but Brittany just handed me her mom's Sam Cl- Sam's Club card from 1992. Oh my gosh, Laura Ashley, treasure this forever. I know you are. I do. Yeah. This is also this is so much nicer than like the Costco cards. They totally. Have. You look so much like her. Thank you. Wow. Great brows, too. Um, both of you. <laughs> that is crazy. I had no idea. I, maybe they weren't as big in New England. I don't really know why I never... Sam's Club is pretty big, but that's like that was how I knew that Sam's Club was like a big thing. Because you had your mom's card. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. 
I, I still don't think I've gone into a Sam's Club to this day, but my Costco experiences were pretty intense. Like the first time I ever went into a Costco was with my girlfriend at the time in Chicago, who was this woman. We'll call her Andrea. Sure. Wait, no, there's a character named yeah. Andrea. Uh, let's call her Hillary. Okay. So I started dating Hillary and she was very successful and ha- and I was in my mid 20s and working at a nonprofit and didn't have a lot of money and she owned multiple businesses and owned a beautiful condo on Lakeshore Drive and it was it was an unequal in that regard and I went with her for my first uh, Costco experience and much like the I think it's 30 Rock where there's an episode where they talk about how Ikea is where couples go to break up that was sort of my experience like the first Costco trip ended up being the night before we broke up for the first time and then we got back together and I like refused to go to Costco with her again because I was so you know it's like the last thing you eat before you get food poisoning even though even if it wasn't the thing that made you sick that's like the association you have in and out Oh, really? For me, it's the the taste of fried banana, like fried banana and ice cream. Because one time in high school, I got terrible food poisoning after this Chinese buffet night. And it was clearly the meat, but the banana was the last thing I'd had. So fried banana and ice cream, never again. Wow, no bananas foster for you? I mean, I'd be willing to try again, but that's how strong the aversion has been. It's been since I was 16 years old. Wow. But Costco was like my bananas foster. (laughs) And here's the thing. I, you know, there were a couple occasions where she really wanted to go because she was a, a big buy wine in bulk lady. Had a little bit of a problem in that regard, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you can get that Kim Crawford for $18 a pop, which jokes on her because now you can get it for $12 a pop at Trader Joe's. But anyway, how big were the, how, how big were the containers? Well, with the wine, you can still just buy it, you know, per bottle, but it's still significantly cheaper than anywhere else she would buy a ton of 18 dollars bottles of wine yeah excuse me rich lady oh yeah it was it was a thing like we like she brought me to buy she brought me with her to like buy a new car a new audi like that had come out that year and she bought it in cash up front ew <laughs> I mean, Tony that'll... Soprano, is that who you were dating? And then on the way home from buying the new car, we stopped to get wine. And I like was like, I got this, babe. And then my card was declined. <laughs> it was really, it was a rough time. But also she wasn't that night of a, nice of a person. And so the first Costco trip, she was like, let's play this role playing game where let's pretend. And this is before we'd broken up for the first time. She's like, okay, we're here in Costco. You go to another aisle and let's bump into each other and pretend that we've broken up and we're bumping into each other after eight to 10 years of being broken up. And in that eight to 10 years, you've fully come out as gay because at the time I identified as bisexual and the the person I had dated before her was a man and she didn't like that. She's like, so in eight to 10 years, you've come out as gay. I've had a baby. You've published a book or two. And we're just bumping into each other. This is a lot of backstory. Like for your characters. Oh, well, but it's a lot, but it's also very specific. Basically, what she was saying is go around the corner and come back when you're more of who I want you to be. You know? Yeah. And so then we like role played this whole scenario. And I don't know if that unlocked in her, like, oh, that's actually what I want or whatever it was. But then we ended up breaking up. We got back together and then. 
you know, she wanted to go to Costco, wanted to go to Costco. And I was like, no, that's that's what happened right before we broke up. We're just going to break up again if we go to Costco. We go again for the second time after much resistance. The next day after we go the second time, we break up. Wow. <laughs> Wait, how many years ago was that? Was it eight to ten years? Yeah. Because you should go back to that Costco. <laughs> see what happens. Honestly, not interested anymore, but that would be hilarious. It was seven years ago. Wow. Next year. Mm-hmm. Is she, does she have a baby? She doesn't have a baby now. Well, um, that's her fault. She got like a couple more chihuahuas, though. She had two dogs. Now I think she has like four and she has a partner and they like split their time between Chicago and um, uh, Indiana. She has like one of those Chicago people who got a like lake house in Indiana. You know, it's a different life. It's fine. I'm fine. But Costco was was a real place. Also, what a fucking mind trip of, of a game to play with someone. Yeah, I've never experienced that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Well, she was very like, she was very into telling me about how I was only going to get better with age. She was like, you are going to become more successful and make more money and get skinnier. Wow. So if you're out there, Hillary, just saying, see you next year in a Costco. Uh, You have another year to have a baby. I had a girlfriend, well, my first girlfriend in college once when we were out with a bunch of her friends and we were at this bar and this male server um kept coming up to us and like he was like flirting with me a little bit but I wasn't flirting with him at all and my girlfriend at the time turned to me and she was like I want you to make out with him and I was like what and she was like yeah I want you to otherwise I'm gonna make my friends hate you or it was something to that degree of like otherwise like my friends aren't gonna like you if you don't do this and so I like had to make out with this like male server in front of her and then she was like I can't believe you did that okay if that's the note you were starting on no wonder you've uh chosen some dysfunctional shit not and I'm not judging it like I'm not judging you I'm just saying when your formative stuff is oh yeah is that wildly it was like a weird role-playing you can't win situation yeah this this Hillary also had a very close friend who was also named Hillary. <laughs> who was a was a dude named Hillaro. <laughs> and Hillaro was a major uh screenwriter and showrunner in Hollywood who still is. And he would come and visit her and stay with her in Chicago and he would call himself the Lothario who was trying to test my bisexuality. And um, yeah, it was just all really gross. They also had a bet with each other that neither of them would... Did I ever tell you this? Is this a 90s movie? No, this was solidly, whatever, 2010. But they had a bet that neither of them would fall in love for a full year. And if either of them fell in love with someone, they'd have to pay the other one seven grand. So she told me up front. What a specific amount of money. It really is. But she told me up front, like, there is $7,000 riding on me not falling in love with you. What a weird twisted a walk to remember. But isn't it crazy how, like, this is when I was, like, 26, 27 was the time I was dating her. And she was, uh, like, 37 at the time. And it's just so fitting to what would feel, like, exciting and, and interesting to a mid-20s person. But the sad part is that she was like quite older than that and still it's just so weird. Like it's when I think strange. like even now in my early going to middling 30s, it feels unfathomable to like play those sort of games. It's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, I think it ties into this idea that like 
the person you're dating isn't actually a person, but they're just kind of there for like your enjoyment. And I think that she needs to clearly find a way out of that because it didn't feel like she was thinking about your feelings whatsoever or that you had any agency at all. No. Well, thanks for letting me uh, sort through that. (laughs) God, Costco really brings it out of me. Yeah, I have no Costco stories like that. But uh, back to the barbecue. (laughs) We get to see Kevin's fucked up family. Yeah, so we get to the uh, Lawndale High football barbecue at the Thompson's house and we see Kevin's parents who are both in uh, sweatsuits. And uh, after hearing Kevin's dad ramble on in a gross way, Miss Barch says, ah, I see when, where Kevin gets his charm from. And it was pretty perfect. Also, all of the, so the, the teachers are at the barbecue and all of the women teachers are wearing like long chino shorts, yeah. <laughs> which are amazing. And the fashion club hates it. But we also kind of learn that Miss Lee kind of has this like slip up in conversation where she says that she's going to write off the food receipts yeah where and she's like i mean the schools so in some way we 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 hear that miss lee is does a little bit of tax fraud and also uh are we surprised though mm, no we're not surprised she's scrupulous she also is very much into Kevin getting good grades despite the fact that he is not earning them. And that is all channeled through Mr. O'Neill's point of view, who believes that he should be earning them and that he should be caring about his grades and not only football. And we also see that Kevin gives Brittany a locket. And we also establish that Kevin's mom hates Brittany. She hates me? No. She's not mad at you. She's mad at cheerleader Brittany. And they have a little bit of tension around whether or not Brittany needs to accompany Kevin to go pick up barbecue sauce for the party. Which also, I will say, one logical hole in all of this is that hardly any of the people that ended up at this payday store needed to go to a warehouse-style store. Like, actually, they probably would have done better at, like, a CVS. But, you know, for the convenience of the storytelling, they went with that. I haven't had Famous Dave's barbecue since I was 17 years old, but watching them in the barbecue aisle, it made me crave it like no other. I've never had that. We should go. Where is that? It could be anywhere. I don't know. I'm so confused. Is it a product or a restaurant? It's a restaurant. It's a barbecue. It's a chain barbecue restaurant where your fingers get really sticky and there's cornbread. All right, I'm down. I honestly think that we should go on like a mall tour. Ooh, that sounds strenuous to the to the belly. But I'd be down. Like, you mean a tour for ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you mean we should just go to malls? That's what you mean by Yeah, I'm tour? asking if you want to go to the mall with me. Sure, love, would love to. But I had to couch it in something that was related to the podcast. Right, workaholic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the best part about that scene where they're at the barbecue aisle is that you only see it visually, but Kevin and Brittany have forgotten what they came to the store for. And when they walk into the store, they both realize neither of them remember what they're supposed to get. And Kevin's like, don't worry, babe, our memories will go jogging. And then they have an entire exchange right in front of the barbecue sauce that they're supposed to get like later in the episode. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. But before that, we're skipping around a little bit, but only because... The episode skips the around ep- a The episode skips around a You gotta give us a, a break. But Brittany realized that the locket that Kevin got for her was $4.99. You know what? 
It is the thought. It is the thought. And he's in high school. He clearly doesn't have that job anymore at the nuts store. He doesn't have any money. Bunch of nuts. What was it called? It's a nutty, nutty world. Yeah, I think so. He clearly lost that job. But he does have money because then they fill up their cart with like all the things that Brittany wants as you know by way of um he's gonna buy all that stuff so I mean I see her point it's like it's actually that he's kind of lazy and cheap and thoughtless yeah but still whatever she liked it beforehand who cares if it was only four dollars right I see your point so Quinn has to go to payday now to get sunscreen for the fashion club because it was her responsibility and she forgot to do it. And Sandy is like, I need moisturizer and Tiffany needs some sort of chapstick as Stacy needs that as well. And so they all decide to go to payday where they quickly realize that it is not the store to get cosmetics. It's like pound or gallon containers of moisturizer. And Sandy says, none of these brands are even French. Jane and Daria finally find the gummy bear aisle, which is a little bit of heaven. And Jane opens up about the fight she had with Tom. And Daria takes Tom's side in a very diplomatic way. Like she's she's holding up a gentle mirror to Jane and being like, well, did he mean to? Is there any way he could have accidentally eaten, eaten them? And Jane pretty quickly concedes that basically she was being a dick and unreasonable. One thing that I will say about a pound bag of gummy bears is that when I was a freshman in college and I was living in my first dorm, I had bought a pound of gummy bears in a bag and I used to keep them in this container that I would then put under my bed because I shared a room with this girl, Sarah, that I went to high school with. And uh, we had bunk beds. I was on the top bunk. She was on the bottom bunk. And one night I came home really craving my GBs And I went into my container that was very clearly not to be opened. And there was like three left, like out of a pound bag. And Sarah like saw me open it. And she was like, oh, yeah, me and she was in like the theater program. And she's like, oh, yeah, we all got so high the other night. We ate them all. Well, that's fair. I mean, she wasn't in her right state. I mean, I did I ever see another pound bag of gummy bears? No. No, you're right. She should have replaced them. Especially when it's something so specific. You know what I mean? But when the munchies strike. But that was a specialty snack. I should have should have been replaced. Also, I just realized that this perfectly concave stone from Riz perfectly lights around my chin. Will it fit on mine? Let's try. Let's find out together. How's that feel? Warm. Yeah, it's from my from my hands and my chin. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. Make a cool chin strap. I believe that the real winner of this episode is the badass sample woman who is an incredible saleswoman. She tells every person what they want to hear. She, if, if you uh, don't want it to have cal- an incredible saleswoman and psychologist on totally. But if you don't want it to have calories, she says that the flavored cheese logs have no calories. If you don't want it to have mercury or if you do want it to have mercury, she'll tell you either way. Um, she says that it's like a full meal if you want it to be. And, uh, she also has boundaries. She also knows when to cut someone off. 
But you could also just say that those things are indicators of a liar. Hmm. But we're also choosing to see the positive in her. But I think given the relationship that she has to have towards people, which is like a salesperson customer relationship where she just wants to sell this product, I think that she's not really lying. She's more just like selling. Right. Or just giving. Just giving because they're free. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's pandering. There's so many things in this episode. I feel like there's entire threads we haven't even touched. There's Andrea, who Jane and Daria are chasing down throughout the aisles, and they don't realize it's her, but it's the goth chick from school who's working there, and they have a cute little moment with her, which Susie used to do the voice for, but it didn't sound like her voice in this episode. No, it sounded like Wendy Hoops. Wendy did Jane, Quinn, and Helen, but it sounded Uh, kind of like Jane-ish. But either way, there's that storyline. There's also the storyline of Mr. O'Neill talking to Kevin's dad about how Kevin needs to care more about his academic performance. And, and performing masculinity. Did you see that moment where like felt like he needed to relate to the three J's and Kevin's dad and they were all talking about sports? Mr. O'Neill awkwardly was like, yeah, it was a great throw or whatever it was. So even he is not immune to... Toxic masculinity, yeah. And Tom, in pursuit of Jane to talk things out, never finds her at the store because right when Jane and Daria and the fashion club around the same time get into different huge lines, uh, Mr. DiMartino makes the power go out by, what was it, like getting mustard on some shit? Wow, are you even paying attention? Absolutely not. He (laughs) runs into the deep fryer of which the the final cheese log is sitting and security is chasing after him and his foot hits the power cord and uh, the deep fryer oil grease falls into the power outlet for the whole store. Well, it was yellow. Wow. (laughs) It was yellow. Also, the long lines reminded me of another Costco moment where... My mom was visiting me in LA and she hates grocery stores. Like my dad does the grocery store shopping or my dad growing up did the grocery shopping, which, you know, take that gender norms. Um, But she always has hated it. And she'd never been to a Costco or any of those warehouse style stores either. And she was in town and she wanted to like get some stuff, help me get some stuff for the house that I needed and whatnot. And the day that we chose to go, which I still can't believe that I thought this was a good idea, was Super Bowl Sunday. Oof. It was like a zombie apocalypse in there. Yeah. It was just like people with their eyes glazed over, like carts banging against each other. Like, I thought that people weren't going to be doing last minute shopping there because that feels more of like a day or two before Super Bowl to prep. But it was hellacious. So I I felt... Felt their pain there. That's how the episode ends. It ends with the power going out and all of them still in line. And the doors, the electric doors closed on them so they can't get out. I want to see that episode. Yeah. It would be like a version of the Buffy Hush episode, but it would be visual. It would just be dark. It's just audio only. How far are you now in Buffy? I'm still only like in the first season, like six or seven. Wow. Cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... The lady I'm dating has been requesting to watch it, so it's been fun. It makes me like her so much more. I like I liked her a lot before this, but it like added to it. It's uh yeah, everything's an escalation of that original like. Good. Mm-hmm. So what else? 
I'm, that's the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, you guys want to? I, 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 I did like the uh, Chia pet roadkill. Mm-hmm. Last thing I'll say, Daria helps Jane work through the, the issue that she had with Tom. But then also Daria offers the way in which she would resolve the conflict in a way kind of showing that perhaps Daria knows how to resolve conflict better with Tom than Jane does. That's what they want you to think. Let's just leave it right there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sick or Sadder World. We are on Twitter, Patreon, Facebook. The internet in general. Yeah, just search Sick or Sadder World. You'll find us. If you would like to give us a review on iTunes, I mean, that would be sick. And uh, enjoy your time on Earth. Really do. Embrace it.